Hey, this is Sammy Reinstein, and you're listening to Conversation Starters. On this show, we talk all about bringing conversations back to B2B marketing and selling. Because if there's one thing we know about doing business in the revenue era, it's that the best customer experience wins. Through the power of our own conversations with drifters, customers, and special guests, we'll learn how to deliver a sales and marketing experience that puts the buyer first. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to Conversation Starters. Uh, we are going to give people a minute to come into the to the podcast slash webinar, which we'll get into in a bit. Um, but before we get started, we do have a conversation starter. And Sarah, this is the first episode of season three. And in season three, to really just dive into our name conversation starters, we're starting every episode with an icebreaker slash conversation starter, if you will. Okay. So my conversation starter for you is how many unopened emails are currently in your inbox? Oh gosh, this is actually a really good question for me because it's very different for me personally versus work-wise. Okay. So let's actually, let's look at my phone. Because oh, this is real time. Of, it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Um, personally, I have 3,076 unread. No, that's too much. That's too much. (laughs) But my goal for work-wise is to always have zero at the end of the day. So I use my, I use my unreads as my to-do list. Yeah. And so if it's unopened or unread, that means I have something to do and I try to finish them every day, but definitely no more than five or 10 at the end of every day. I do the same. I use my unread as my to-do list and I'll check them off. But I'm also a notification zero person. So even in Slack, if I have a message, not just the message, if there's like threads and there's that Mm -hmm. little red, I have to go through every channel. Mm -hmm. And I don't even go through the Slack, like read all. I go through every channel and I just click through. And I just find that kind of satisfying when it goes away. Slack, I'm way more of a notification zero person than email. Especially because we're such a Slack heavy culture here at Drift. I keep on top of it probably a little too <laughs> I do the same with social media um I I don't like having notifications so I get rid of them none of for some reason personal like anything personal um social media my own personal email they don't bother me at all oh, the notifications wow. but for work they really bother me. <laughs> that's so funny okay well in the chat you can let us know while we're letting some people join Uh, Are you a notification zero person? Does it bother you? Does it not bother you? These are the hard-hitting questions that we want to know. All right. I'm going to go ahead, share my screen, and get this thing going. All right. Well, welcome to Conversation Starters. Today, we are going to be talking about six really good sales plays that you should be using in all of your deals This is a very special episode of Conversation Starters because first of all, it is our first episode of the season. And second of all, this is our first live podcast recording while people are also watching us. (laughs) A lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure. (laughs) And to help me ease that pressure, of course, I have Sarah Miller-Blanc, who is an account executive at Drift who is joining me today, and she's going to she's gonna tell us a little bit more about sales plays. So Sarah, please go ahead and introduce yourself. 
Awesome. Thanks, Sammy. So like Sammy said, I'm Sarah Miller-Blanc. I'm an enterprise account exec here at Drift, and I've been here for about three years. I was on our mid-market team prior to moving up to our enterprise team, so I have some good insight into the different types of teams, different segments, things like that here at Drift. Amazing. Okay, so like I said, this is Conversation Starters. And what is Conversation Starters? It's our podcast here at Drift. And it's all about starting conversations and continuing conversations. So I'm really excited to start season three with Sarah. And we can talk a little bit more about how sales reps and sellers can be using different types of really conversational plays that are very buyer, customer-centric, and rooted in personalization and starting the right conversation. So we're going to walk you through the plays, and it's all about starting the right conversation at the right time in the right place. Awesome. Yeah, Drift is very much conversation-centric, so happy to chat about this today. So in today's episode and webinar, we're going to be focusing on sales plays that you can use to have more successful conversations during or through both inbounding as well as outbounding and managing your own deal cycles. So it's no secret that here at Drift, we drink our own champagne. So we're going to talk to you a little bit more about how to use our product to do all of these things to have better conversations. So <laughs> sorry we couldn't get you all champagne today, but hopefully this should be a, a good a good way to get you some value. Well, if you are listening at home, watching this live, you can get some champagne and you can go to drift.com backslash sales dash plays. We actually just yesterday released a site with a bunch of sales plays. And today we're just going through a few. But if you want to follow along, you can go there. Like I said, grab some champagne. Why not? It's noon. It's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, or, or seltzer. Or seltzer. Um, and we are going to get into it. So with that, I'm going to pass it off to Sarah, who's going to start us with some plays for, for outbounding. Awesome. Yeah, so this is one of my favorites from an outbounding perspective. Um, to set the scene, as an account exec here at Drift, I do some of my own outbounding. I also have a BDR who helps with outbounding, as well as we handle anything inbound for our target accounts. So this is a really great play for when I'm going after one of my target accounts and I'm trying to get their attention. So Within Drift and Drift Prospector, I can see a list of all of my accounts who are engaging or interested. And so when someone comes up through Drift Prospector as interested, but they're not, they're not quite ready to book a meeting or they're not doing it on their own, I take it upon myself to figure out, okay, how can I get them engaged? How can I get them interested? So what I do is I look through Prospector, I figure out what are the types of activities that they're taking on our website? What emails have they opened? What pages are they landing on? What eBooks or webinars have they registered for? To try to start to figure out what are they interested in? Mm -hmm. And so the way that we create content here at Drift is really focused on each of the eBooks or each of the webinars is focused on a specific topic. So I will think about whatever the content it is and what value they're looking to get from that content. And then I will right through Drift Prospector, I can click on the little LinkedIn icon. It'll bring me to their LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. And I can actually create a video and send them a message right from LinkedIn through Drift mm -hmm. and make it really personalized. So depending on who it is and what they've been looking at, I'll make a quick little message, usually no more than 
30 seconds to 60 seconds long, Mm -hmm. introducing myself. Why am I? Hey, it's Sarah. I'm from Drift. I'm your account exec here. I'm responsible for the relationship between your company and my company. And here's why I think it'd be worthwhile talking. You were interested in XYZ. We're able to solve those problems for other companies. Are you interested in chatting more? So it's not, hey, book a meeting with me right now. It's, Mm -hmm. hey, let's start a conversation. You're interested in this thing. I have more ideas of how we could help you in that area. Let's talk. Yeah. There's a lot of things I like about that play, but I think everyone who is listening to this or elsewhere, we've all had the experience of someone adding us on LinkedIn, connecting with us. Mm -hmm. And then maybe a few days go by and that first message that they send is a pitch. Yep. And it a lot of the times I've never even heard about the company. Mm-hmm. So what adding that element of prospector is doing is you're really able to see like, first of all, what contacts within this account are actually engaged? Mm-hmm. Who Who is the right buyer here? What have they been looking at? And you can send a really personalized message. Yep. Exactly. And so one of the things I like to do is I like to, if I don't know too much about who they are or what they're looking to do, sometimes you can get some info from what landing pages they might be landing Mm -hmm. on or what content they might be looking at. Yeah. But sometimes you don't get much. Maybe they landed on your homepage and they're just doing really initial research. Yeah. That's when I'll start to think about what's their title. What do I know about their company? What's happening in the news related to their company? Mm. If they're a public company, what research can I do to figure out what their big goals are for this year or what their CEO or CMO is talking about online? There's lots of different ways that you can research and understand how your company might add value to the prospect that you're Mm. and the specific person that you're talking to. And that's when I find you have the best results is you don't want to there's that balance of personalization and too much time. Right. Um, so you want to do a little bit of personalization to pique their interest. And then once they're ready to start having that conversation, that's when you can go even deeper. But finding, you know, one or two little snippets of information that would be relevant yeah. is huge. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. I'm also curious. So, you know, you can go into Prospector and see those things and send a message mm-hmm. just, you know, in plain text. Or you can go in, like you said, and send a video. Mm-hmm. Do you find that you get a higher response rate sending video versus plain text? It's a really good question. So if you're going to send it via email, I always start with plain text first okay. because email filters are so so smart these days that mm-hmm. anything with a link, even like the little image at the bottom of my signature will sometimes get scraped out by a filter, especially at major enterprise companies, yeah. because these people get so many, so many emails. Right. Whereas when I'm going through LinkedIn, I find that having a video adds that extra layer of personalization mm. and puts a face behind the message. Yeah. It makes me more human. And there's all of these, you know, all of these outreach platforms that allow you to message 700 people at once or whatever, <laughs> they're amazing, but they're, they're so common today. Yeah. It's, it's a must have for every sales team, I think. Yeah. And it allows you to do such volume that I think personalization is becoming even more important to stand out and having yeah. those videos and seeing, Hey, I'm a real person on the other end of this. I'm making something specific for you. Mm-hmm. I think that really comes across when you make a video. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a pattern interrupter, like a feed interrupter type mm-hmm. of thing where you're going into that. So it sounds like it's sort of a mix, a mix between having your scalable yet 
personalized messages and including in those activities, some videos, Mm -hmm. some really hyper-personalized things. Yeah. And actually that's one of the best ways that I partner with my BDR Mm. is we send these, we send great cadences or great sequences out through these types of messaging platforms and we get the volume. Mm -hmm. And that's what gets someone to click on your website or click on that ebook and starts to show me as an AE that these people are being becoming engaged. And so once I see that someone's becoming engaged, that's when I'll go in and make one of these personalized videos because it takes me probably five minutes to do one account, which isn't a crazy amount of time. But in order to spend that time, I want to make sure I'm getting more value. Yeah. And someone's not going to someone probably isn't going to click on it if they don't have any context for me or Drift yet. But if they have context for either me or Drift, then they'll probably click on it at a higher rate. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, we do have one question. How do you approach prospects that don't provide name information? Ooh, that's a good question. So when someone hasn't provided their specific contact information, I just know that an account, a target account is Mm -hmm. engaged. That's when I'll go out and I'll do research on different personas who Mm -hmm. might potentially be the right people for us to talk to. And my BDR and I will outbound to those specific people or those personas. One other way to do it is in Drift Prospector, it actually tells you the location that someone is browsing from. And so if I can figure out especially with remote workforce these days, people are spread up over the country, let alone all over the world. And so if there's a specific city or um, location that someone's browsing from, and I can match that on their LinkedIn, then I'll definitely make sure I prospect to those people. Awesome. Well, thank you for the question, Right, Definitely everyone keep asking questions. We'll answer them throughout and then we'll have a section at the end as well for dedicated questions. All right, moving on to our next play. This is called the not so cold call, right? We have a lot of colds calling out there. So essentially what this play is all about is using context to inform when you're calling someone. Mm-hmm. So I know that a lot of times in my day to day, like I'm I'm at my desk, but then I'm going and I'm doing something else and I get distracted. Like mm-hmm. I'm going out to lunch or someone might be driving their kid to practice or, you know, whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. Even during working hours, especially with remote work. There's a lot of times when maybe you're away from your desk and your intent isn't work focused. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where this play really comes into handy. So essentially with our Drift email Chrome extension, you can see when someone has landed on your website Mm -hmm. and you can also see when someone has opened your email. So using that context, if I see that someone has just hit the website or I see someone has just opened my email, I can pick up my phone and I can call them, Mm -hmm. and I know that they have the intent of being in sort of work mode, right? Or that they're they're looking at something that I've sent them. So I can call and I can use some sort of script along the line of like, hey, I saw you open my email. You know, I was chatting through X, Y, and Z. Do you want to chat through it now? Do you have time to chat through it now? Mm -hmm. So I think this is a really effective play for people to use, especially with like holidays coming up or anything along those lines so you can keep the context really, you know, work centric at the intent. Yeah, completely. This is something that our SDRs use all the time. Like you said, Sammy, throughout the day, a lot of us are in meetings, we're doing different things, but your SDRs are really focused on, or our SDRs here at least are very focused on 
handling anything that comes inbound as well as going outbound to a specific set of engaged accounts and target accounts. And so when they see any types of notifications, they're able to hop on immediately and make those quick phone calls. And I, it, the numbers shift. So mm. it almost feels like every time calling is really working and email isn't working so much, then it kind of, everyone writes articles about it. And then it kind of flips because people are tired of getting the phone calls and then they're opening their emails more. They're opening their LinkedIn messages more. So I think that it kind of goes in waves and in cycles, but yeah. my, my BDRs, my SDRs are seeing huge success right now with calling. Um, but they definitely employ a very mixed um, in terms of they're going outbound in lots of different channels at once. So mm -hmm. they're combining both calling with videos as well as emails and LinkedIn messages so they can catch people in whatever, right, that right conversation, mm -hmm. right time, right place, <laughs> right message is how we're doing it across the board. So this one works really well from a calling perspective, but you can also use that same sort of messaging if you get someone's e or someone's voicemail. Mm. You can then send them an email, hey, saw you were checking out XYZ content, here's an interesting value prop, or send that same message through LinkedIn. Yeah, so you mentioned SDRs, and I do mm -hmm. think that this is a really good play for SDRs. I'm curious as an AE, how often are you picking up the phone to to call someone what what do you think that balance looks like in that relationship it's a really good question so when i was in mar mid market i did a lot more of the picking up the phone and calling i think um i wasn't i wasn't supported by a bdr in the beginning okay. of my time here in mid market we've added sdrs about the second half of the time that i was in mid market so then i picked up the phone less because my bdr my sdr was doing it more um as an ae I would say I pick up the phone for people who I've had context with or a conversation with prior. So mm -hmm. closed lost ops or people that I know who were my buyer at another company um, and now they're at a new job and they might be evaluating Drift again. Those are mostly the people that I'll spend the time mm -hmm. calling because, I mean, you can easily make a hundred dials and get five people to answer, zero people to answer. Um, so usually our BDRs are the ones who are actually picking up the call or picking up the phone to call for these types of plays. Yeah. Um, just because I'm, I'm in meetings most of the day that I'm rarely available when these types of notifications are coming in anyway. Yeah. And do you have any tips for sort of managing that SDR BDR relationship mm -hmm. and you in terms of like, what is that role split and how much of the time? Are you sort of like helping them versus, mm -hmm. you know, going after your yeah. deal management? It's such a good question. So I would say my, BD, my BDR and I are completely partners in everything mm -hmm. that we do. Mm -hmm. So she and I meet twice a week, every week for 30 minutes as scheduled allotted time. Mm -hmm. But we definitely, we slack all the time. We're messaging back and forth on different accounts or, hey, this this intent signal popped up through Sixth Sense or through Drift. Mm -hmm. Have you taken a look at this? Have you chatted with anybody here? And most of the time, or some of the time, she'll say, oh yeah, I actually was messaging that person. That's why they came to the website. Can you help me? Maybe she messaged them and wasn't able to get through. Can I then take a stab at it? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we're collaborating like that on our accounts because I'm an enterprise. I have a select set of target accounts that I'm going after. Mm -hmm. And there's hundreds of 
potentially the right people at some of these accounts. Mm -hmm. And so us going after it together and figuring out and strategizing together not only helps us break into those accounts more effectively, it also helps her figure out who am I, what are the personas that I'm looking at? Mm -hmm. How am I thinking about these accounts? What are the right value propositions that we should be talking about? So it's a lot of professional development for her as well to be working hand in hand and thinking about and getting getting insight into how I'm thinking about going after my accounts as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We have a really interesting question from Lindsay. Lindsay asks, does that ever come off as creepy? Like we're watching you, i.e., if you call as they're on the website. We hear this from time to time as a question. It's a really good question. And the truth is we wouldn't be in business if people felt it was that creepy. So you have to you have to toe a fine line with it, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to say something like um I don't know, there's there's ways that you can make it creepy if they if they haven't given their contact information, we are not going to know who they are anyway. Mm-hmm. But if they've come to the website, they're filling out a form and giving their contact info, they know they're submitting that. Right. And if someone calls, we're just showing them, hey, we're really responsive to the mm-hmm. fact that you're here looking at something right now. Yeah. Yeah. Also, from a drift bot perspective, there are definitely industries that aren't receptive to things like inserting their first name or, or things along those lines. Mm-hmm. And then there are people like marketers or people in MarTech who like really love seeing that. Mm-hmm. So I think with that industry, it doesn't mean you don't have to use like no personalization. It just means maybe use a little bit broader personalization. Like we help a lot of enterprises in your same space mm-hmm. or something that's still using the information, but just maybe updating whatever that messaging is for the persona that you're talking to. Yeah. And for this play in particular, it's someone's opening an email directly addressed to them. Mm-hmm. Um, most, and, and this is because like you were saying, it, it's the market that we sell to. We're mm-hmm. selling to marketers. Marketers mostly understand how cookies work. They understand how um, open rates and click-through rates and things of that sort. So they're not shocked when someone knows that mm-hmm. this has happened, that they're yeah. they're being tracked in some way. Yeah. So b- definitely think about who you're selling to, though, and how creepy it would be for them. <laughs> and test it out. Try it. And if you get really bad results, skip this play. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So we've gone through outbound. And now mm-hmm. we're going to change gears a little bit. And we're going to move into inbound. So Sarah, can you tell us a little bit about this paid ad converter play? Yeah. So this is one of the plays that every single customer that I work with loves. This is one of the top plays that we're talking about as people are evaluating Drift because companies right now are spending so much money on paid. Mm-hmm. And the reason is we're it's a tough market right now. And people are trying to figure out where they can spend money most efficiently and mm-hmm. effectively. What can they do to drive results? Yeah. And paid ads have shown results for years and years and years. So this is a really um, consistent place for companies to be investing. And so this, this play in particular, so your company is running different paid ad campaigns. And when someone clicks on that paid ad, they come to the website and they get a specific targeted bot that's not targeted saying, hey, thanks for clicking on our ad. It's saying something that is relevant and related to the value proposition of the ad that you're running. So how do you create this cohesive experience from the ad straight over to your website? So it's one flow, one one great experience, Mm -hmm. and then 
the bot tries to start that conversation based on that value prompt. Now, once someone clicks in and is chatting with the bot, this play in particular is then having your rep, either AE or SDR, jump in live and have continue that conversation. Mm -hmm. So think of this as an opportunity to do more discovery around why this value proposition is relevant or interesting to that company. Think of it as your gateway to have a conversation about that specific topic. Mm. Yeah, I it goes back to starting the right type of conversation. And I also think in terms of a sort of personalization sort of flow chart, this is sort of going to that stage too. It's really recognizing where are you coming from? What is that value prop? And how can I move this along yeah. and, and try to get a meeting booked? Or maybe they're already in some sort of cycle and you can continue that conversation. Mm -hmm. But I think exactly what you mentioned with uh, you know economic downturn or whatever that may be, the ROI of everything is going to be really important. So having someone there for something that you're spending money on to continue that and nurture that conversation, I think is really important. Mm -hmm. Completely. And this is something that when we do our business reviews on a regular basis with mm -hmm. our customers, the executives who are thinking about is, is drift worthwhile and in investing mm -hmm. in this is one of the key metrics that we are talking about. We're talking yeah. about ROI. We're talking about return on specific campaigns and we're seeing, you know, we're seeing metrics of increasing the results by two to three X mm. from these campaigns, dollars that you are already spending. We can help companies get more out of those dollars that they're spending. And that's a game changer for their sales teams and the bottom line of their business. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Any questions on the inbound sales play? No? All right. We're going to move on to the next sales play. So this is a sales play, an inbound sales play that we call the automation converter. And while this is a sales play, I will go ahead and play the video. <laughs> um, well, this is a sales play. Really, what's happening here is that our automation bot is handling these conversations while the sales reps are sleeping mm -hmm. or while it's the weekend. And what we found uh, through just drift data and also our customers' data is 50% of website chat occurs after hours. Mm -hmm. And no one expects your sales reps to be working, you know, crazy hours into the night or especially while they're sleeping. And what this play helps do is anyone who's coming to the website making sure that the AI bot is still there to start the conversations mm -hmm. and that they're getting what they need. So if they're coming and they have a question about an integration yeah. or they're coming and they have a question about, you know, what does just generally, what does Drift do? What does your company do? That someone is there to continue and book meetings. So mm -hmm. I'm sure it's happened to you, Sarah, but sometimes reps will wake up and be like, oh, I have a meeting booked. Or, oh, a target account came and started a conversation. And that's probably a good feeling to come oh back to God. in the morning. The best feeling. So I was on, I was actually on vacation Monday through Wednesday of this week. Today's Thursday uh, when we're filming this. And um, I came back to two meetings that were booked for me while I was out. And it's the best feeling to know that, yes, I'm sending out emails and, and setting up uh, automated emails to go out when I'm on vacation. So setting myself up to be successful and still build pipeline when I'm taking time off. Mm -hmm. But then when someone comes to the website from those emails or those cadences that I've put out there, 
they're being handheld by the drift bot so mm-hmm. that I don't have to worry about what time someone's coming to the website or if I'm if I'm taking time off, I can actually relax yeah. and have that better work-life balance mm-hmm. because I know that the bots are there and then my BDR or any of our conversation development reps, we call them, they're, they handle our inbounds. Um, they can be there to handle these conversations if I'm not able to take them. Yeah. And they can turn it into a real, a real live conversation, answering any of the additional questions that might be a little more complex than what we would typically have the bot handle. Like pricing questions are nuanced things that you don't necessarily right. <laughs> want the bot to answer for you. Things like that. We've found that by having both the bot and humans interact on the same thread, you're able to get conversions at a five times higher rate than wow. just the bot alone. Wow. So the bot is great to kind of carry, hold you over until you have that human conversation. Right. But right. if you can have those human conversations in real time, that's amazing as well. Yeah. One other thing that I do want to mention here that I hear from prospects and customers all the time, they talk about seasonality mm. and they talk about capacity of their reps throughout the day. So how do you plan for the ups and downs, the influxes of large volumes of chats, either on a certain day, a certain time of day, or a certain season? And so mm. the AI bot is also able to help weed out the um, the conversations that don't need a human to answer them. And mm-hmm. it allows you to have a much more set uh distinct amount of conversations or types of conversations that require a human. So you get better service for everybody involved. The AI can deliver that real-time answer to somebody who needs it. And then, and it's simple enough that the AI bot can answer it in a way that you don't want to bring in a salesperson. We as salespeople always (laughs) want to own certain certain types of conversations, but we also want to make sure that when someone really needs a human that we can get them to a human as quickly as possible. And those yeah. humans have the capacity to handle those conversations. Yeah. Okay. A lot of really interesting points from yeah. Sarah and I want to recap them really quick. So first of all, having the combination of AI and a real human, mm-hmm. someone to chat back with, making sure that you have sort of a seasonality plan and a capacity plan mm-hmm. and having that AI bot being able to, to sort of help you there. Yeah. And then not just really qualified conversations, but having a bot be able to disqualify people, especially with capacity planning and seasonality. Mm-hmm. Um, am I missing anything? You said a lot of really good things. <laughs> I just no, I wanted think, to make sure I got them I think all. we got them all. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So inbound, outbound, once we have actually gotten them interested, we got that meeting, now it's time to manage the deal, mm-hmm. right? So- we have two plays that we want to share for you, with you on deal management. Um, Sarah, do you want to talk about this first deal management play? Yeah, happy to. So this as an AE, this is one of the main things that I'm leveraging Drift for. I'm using Drift to help me through my, my deal management process when someone's already said, yes, I'm interested. Yes, we're evaluating. Now I get to navigate all of the fun ins and outs of enterprise buying. Um, And typically, you know, there's seven, eight, 10, 15 people who are involved in these conversations. And some people come in at the very beginning and some people come in much later in the deal cycle. Mm. And it's my job as an AE to help manage all of those conversations at any different point (laughs) in time and make sure the right people have the right information that they need when they need it. 
And so, yes, I am working with champions and developing champions to have those conversations and help me facilitate those those conversations. But also people come to the website who are, you know, maybe it's an IT person Mm -hmm. who we're starting to talk about integrations and they haven't been introduced directly to me yet, but they're poking around and they're doing some research. Yeah. I can see that through Drift Prospector if they've given their contact information, or I can see that someone from a specific city or town has started Mm -hmm. to browse on uh, the Salesforce integration page or the Marketo integration page or the Sixth Sense integration page. And based on that, I then will make them a video, going back to that LinkedIn video play at the very beginning, I'll make them a video that's personalized and customized to them, introduce myself and offer myself up to answer any questions they might have. Um, I'll do that for anyone new who I see who's browsing on the site and checking Mm -hmm. things out. Or when my champ says, hey, we have to meet with this person and we're setting up a meeting with them, I'll also then go connect with people on LinkedIn ahead of the Mm -hmm. meeting make a quick video to provide them context about what we've been talking about so that they feel confident and ready coming into our next meeting. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point too. When someone is coming into this, you want them to be perhaps so they're not taking up a ton of time in that meeting, asking questions that you can sort of prep them for in just sending over a video. Yeah. And I know when, when I come into meetings that I'm not prepped for, I, either I'm really disengaged mm-hmm. or I feel bad about it. I, <laughs> I value other people's time. And if there's things that I can prep myself ahead of time, I always want to do that. Mm. So I think just from a human to human perspective, it's a really nice thing to have someone say, Hey, you want to make sure you come in and you know, like, mm-hmm. these are the things we're going to talk about. So if you have questions you want to think about beforehand, they have the, the context, the topics, the yeah. agenda ahead of time. Yeah. And how are you balancing that in your sort of day to day? Is there something specifically that you're looking for, like a really high engagement score mm-hmm. to be able to say like, okay, I'm going to send to this person, but maybe not this person? It's such a good question. So I'm in enterprise, we're working fewer, but bigger deals. Mm-hmm. So I think I have the benefit of having a a couple really key deals that I'm working on at any given point in time. So Mm -hmm. anyone who comes in and is engaged in any way, shape or form in those deals, I want to be engaging with. Um, There's times when I'll also reach out to my champ and say, Hey, like I saw this person poking around. Who are they? Are they someone that we should be engaging with? So I always use my champ for those conversations Mm -hmm. as well. Um, Mid-market and growth or commercial size deals Typically, they're balancing a lot higher volume mm-hmm. of deals with sl- with lower average sales prices. And so they might have a little bit harder time kind of filtering through. And so in those cases, I would say definitely rely on your champs. This is a great this is a great way to build a stronger champion to both be on the same side of the table and thinking about, OK, what do we have to do together to get this done, to make this happen, to help you be successful? Um, and I think that it's something that. Thinking about engagement scores is definitely one way to do it. Thinking about the type of content to get a hint for who they might be and what they might be interested in. Um, Because not everyone's going to give their name when they come and they look at an integration page or when they come and they look at a pricing page. Mm. Some of those will be uh, anonymous signals. And that's especially when I would rely on my champ to say, hey, it looks like someone's interested in X. We should set up a call to talk about that thing. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Last play and then we are going to take some questions 
So our last play here is called The Post-Sales Expansion Lover. Mm-hmm. And in this play, what you're doing is after the deal has already been done, right? So this person's now a customer. You want to make sure that as a sales rep or account manager, mm-hmm. first of all, that you have a good relationship with your CSM. Yep. And second of all, that you're continuing that relationship and making sure that they're up to date on what's new and that they're doing everything they can do with your platform. Mm-hmm. So with this play, after an announcement or a product launch, going into Drift Prospector and really keeping an eye out if they're looking at certain pages and then making them a video and sending them that video and saying, hey, you know, I saw you were poking around our launch blog and mm-hmm. here's what that can do. Do you want to set up some time to talk through this a little bit further? Yeah, this is this is one of my favorite ones as here at Drift, our AEs, enterprise AEs handle the accounts or own the accounts for a fairly long period of time. We also have account managers, CSMs, et cetera, who are helping with these accounts as well. And so really any one of those three people can be recognizing these mm-hmm. signals. And we, we collaborate with each other constantly on our customers, how they're doing, how they're seeing success, where there's some points that maybe are they're not doing as well as we want them to be doing. And so we're really strategically putting our heads together at all points in time to think about our accounts and our customers and how we can add value. What are the way, what are their main business problems and what of these new launches might align well with it? Mm -hmm. And so seeing through Prospector, you can even set up alerts and Mm -hmm. notifications when certain people from your target accounts or on certain lists of customers are checking out certain things like, a new launch blog post or something Mm -hmm. like that. And then sending a quick video or sending an email to open up the conversation. Or we have regular cadence calls with many of our customers. And so having the CSM start that conversation and then bring in the AE or AM is Mm -hmm. one of the main ways that we we leverage this play. Yeah. And Sarah, while I have you and while I have you on this subject, what do you think makes for a successful AE to CSM handoff? Mm, That's such a good question. So some of the deals that I'm closing are, you know, 12 months, 18 months in process. And so I have so many notes. Mm. And I think one of the key things that's most effective in an AE CSM handoff is making sure that I'm making it really clear what's most important and what's the new relevant information, not just all of the long list of notes that were, you know, free flow as I was going (laughs) through the deal cycle. Um, We do a lot of deal reviews here at Drift. And so I typically have documents already built out that have, you know, the the key goals for the customer, what ROI they're they're expecting from the product, um, what are the the KPIs, how are they going to measure success? Those Mm. are conversations that we have with every single one, or I have with every single one of the prospects before they're allowed to sign on the dotted line. Even like, I want to make sure that if you're going to sign up with Drift, that you're going to be successful with Mm -hmm. Drift. So we make sure that we're having these conversations early on. And I think that just sets your CSM up for success. Yeah. And then making sure that the CSM is brought in, making Mm -hmm. those introductions, making it really personal, Um, And one of the things we're trying to do right now is we're trying to do more in-person things. You know, Mm -hmm. now that the world is opening up again a little bit more, 
there's value in being able to see people face to face. And, and there is something about, you know, sitting down having lunch and chatting about what their goals are and where Drift fits in and having everyone strategically around a conference room table. That is so much fun. And I yeah. really missed it. So we're trying to do more of that too <laughs> with both our AEs and CSMs. Yeah. So it's like, like we're talking about continuing the conversation. It's continuing the partnership mm-hmm. and not making your customer having to repeat themselves or feel like they weren't heard throughout, mm-hmm. you know, the sales cycle. So CSM knows exactly what they need to do and yep. what those goals are. And I love that. I'm a big fan of in person too. So I am glad that everything's sort of opening back up. All right. So we went through a lot of information there. Uh, like I said, you can go to drift.com backslash sales dash plays. If you want more of this, we have a few more inbound outbound and deal management plays that you can go and look at there and you can get a downloaded PDF of those plays if you go through our bot. But if anyone has any questions at all for Sarah or myself, we would be happy to answer some of them now. And Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Of course, this was fun. This is my first ever podcast. Oh my gosh. Well, you should do more. <laughs> Learning from the pros. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Any questions come through? We said, let's see. Um, what is the average size? Oh, this is a, so this is about average deal sizes. So it's really interesting to think about how deal sizes and how you would tweak how you are doing these plays based mm. on deal size. Yeah. Um, the thing I will say is that Drift, we have lots of different products and different platforms and different customer sizes that we are selling to. And so this can really range and, and works across many different types of or sales uh sales sizes so Mm. i work with some of my customers have extremely transactional deal sizes um and transactional deal cycles and they're using these same types of plays as what i'm using for much longer deal cycles i mentioned you know one or two that i closed this year had been in process for almost 18 months and so these are they're i would say on shorter deal cycles you're um, adding value quickly and going for the close quickly versus these long deal cycles, mm-hmm. you're thinking more, or I'm thinking a lot more about, okay, how do I get all of the stakeholders bought in? And so a lot more of the deal management versus the inbound outbound initially, because I'm just, I'm trying to navigate these massive, you know, thousands of person sized companies that require a lot more of the, the in cycle management. Mm. Um, we have one question from Ray and then after this, we'll probably take one or two more questions. So Ray is asking, how often do you use video versus email slash LinkedIn? Also the same question for your inside sales rep. So you Mm -hmm. touched on this a little bit earlier on in the podcast, but I am curious role wise, um, you know, inside reps, AEs, Mm -hmm. SDRs, what do you think that mix typically looks like? Yeah. So, um, I'm not sure of the exact mix, but I can tell you kind of how the cadence works for me. So I I and my BDRs will typically start with an email that's just plain text to, again, get through those email filters. And then we'll start to 
send things with links or with a video, which mm-hmm. is through a link is how we send through Drift Video. Um, versus through LinkedIn, I can start with a video. I would never start with a video through email because it's almost always going to get caught in a filter, but it's probably not going to get well, I know that doesn't get filtered out on LinkedIn. So when you think about getting the best bang for your buck or thinking about the efficiency of the work that you're doing, you don't want to spend a lot of time making a video if it's just going to get stuck in um, an email filter. Mm-hmm. So sending those videos in the places where they have the highest chance of catching someone's attention and getting through, which is typically LinkedIn has a higher chance with video if you're starting off with it. Awesome. All right. I think... That was most of the questions. Um, so if you liked this podcast slash webinar, we actually have all four of our first episodes of the season of the podcast live now on conversationstarterspodcast.drift.com. So definitely go check those out. And you can always ask Sarah or I any questions via LinkedIn. I'm Sammy Reinstein. And I'm Sarah Miller Blanc. <laughs> and like I said earlier, if you want to check out the sales plays, you can go to drift.com backslash sales dash plays. So again, Sarah, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I really love talking to you and I could listen to you talk about sales forever, but you know, at some point we have to let people go back to work. Yeah, this was great. Thank you everybody for attending. And like Sammy said, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out, send me a drift video on LinkedIn and we can chat. Thanks so much for listening to Conversation Starters. If you liked this episode, please leave us a six-star review by clicking the link in the show notes. And hit subscribe so you never miss another one. You can connect with me on Twitter at Sammy Reinstein and follow all of our shows at Drift Podcasts.